Shall we turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So I'm going to read a scripture from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. You have Bibles open or you can look at the screen where we'll have the scriptures ready for you. Mark chapter 2, and again he entered Capernaum. After some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Who was in the house? Jesus. Can you say Jesus? Was to immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic man who could not walk who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Amen? And this morning... We're talking about one of the miracles that Jesus performed as he was ministering to others. The paralytic was carried by how many men? Four men. Now when they came near the house where Jesus was sitting, they had a great disappointment. They had a great disappointment by seeing the crowd that is crowded in front of their in the, in the house. There is no way they could take the paralytic man to the, into the presence of Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? They had such a great faith in Jesus that their disappointment could not stop them. Have you been in that situation at any point of time in your life? Do you know what I'm talking about? You come to a certain extent in your life and you see, look around and you don't help, get help. And always when you look around, you see discouragements. You see disappointments, nothing is going, nothing is happening the way you want them to happen. And these four men, they were exactly in the same situation. They came to that door, but they, there is no way they could enter into the house. They were totally disappointed for a moment, but their faith kept them alive and helped them to move forward. Now, without even, even waiting outside, not even, even thinking about how can I get inside, you know what they did? They climbed on there. Climbed on the roof. And when they climbed on the roof, Bible says they opened up the roof, they broke open the roof and dropped the bed in front of Jesus. I want you to imagine that picture. You're okay? Just imagine that you were in that house. 
You are one among the crowd there in the house. And somebody is bringing some paralytic in the bed. And suddenly the roof is opened, you know, broke open. And the bed is kind of, you know, descending in front of Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to imagine that situation. The four men made an attempt to make one last try. Because there is no other hope left out. And they decided, let me try this for a last time. And this morning, I would like to title my sermon as One Last Try. Can you say that with me? One last try. Amen. Some of you may be saying that, I tried everything in my life, but nothing worked. But nothing worked. And this morning, it is an encouragement that God is asking us to make one last try. Just one last try. You know, after the sermon, we are going to get a time of prayer this morning. And I believe God is about to do something in the midst of us this morning. God is asking us to make one last try. Verse 5 says, when if you can read that with me, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Can you read that second part? Son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus noticed the faith. The four men were having. They were having such a great faith in Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And they were having such a strong faith that they could bring the paralytic into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Are you, are you okay? Every one of you? You're okay? Right, listen to me. So everyone was gathered there in that house. And the poor men were having such a great faith in Lord Jesus Christ. And they were bringing this man who was paralyzed into the presence of God. What do you see here in them? I see faith, don't you? Don't you see faith in their lives at this moment? Yes? You have, we see such a great faith in the four men. You know, they were sure before even opening the door that Jesus is going to heal him. Can you think about it? <laughs> if Jesus would not have healed him, what would have happened? They need to take the bed back through the roof. Crowd is not going to go away. Crowd is not going to go away. But they didn't even think about it. Oh, they had such a strong faith. So this morning I wanted to put a couple of things, thoughts together. Number one, faith penetrates through all obstacles. Can you say that with me? Out loud, out loud, out loud. Everyone, out loud. Ah, oh, come on. Little more, little more wise. Faith penetrates through all obstacles. Don't you feel some strength when you read that? Don't you? Can you read that again? Faith penetrates through all obstacles. Faith could not be stopped by challenges. Amen? You know, this morning, God wants us to bring that faith in our lives. Faith could not be stopped by challenges. Faith could not be stopped by disappointments. Faith could not be stopped by discouragements. Faith could not be stopped by setbacks that are happening in our lives. God is telling us this morning, my children, I have called you to walk into this life of faith. Everything begins with faith. Everything ends with faith because he is the author and finisher of faith amen and this morning god is telling us faith could not be stopped by anything faith could not be even stopped by the fact that there is no way the bed could reach into that house but faith could not be stopped the bed could have been stopped there the paralytic could have been stopped there but nobody could stop the faith that they had faith penetrates through all obstacles 
when I was working in India for a scientific research institution, for, in, in some of the research projects that I, I was involved in, I used a couple of lasers for the project, for the research work. A couple of names still I remember. It's one is called NDYAG, N-D-Y-A-G. It's an infrared la laser. And another one is argon ion laser. It's a blue and green uh, light uh, laser. So these lasers were used to study objects. So when the laser rays fall on these objects and the light that is passing through those objects, they are recorded in a, in a photographic film. And the pattern that creates is used to study the material the, which is under study. Laser beams are capable of passing through the objects under observation. Amen. Laser is used in medical field. You know, in many other different fields, laser is used. In the same way, like a laser beam, faith is capable of penetrating through obstacles. Are you with me this morning? Faith. Your faith. The little faith. The Bible says it is a mustard seed of faith. Just a little faith you have is capable of penetrating through. You know, this morning we need to put that practice, put that faith into practice. I will just help you this morning. How can we do that? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Can you read that together? Now faith is the substance. We all know the scripture. Can you read that out loud together with me? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is seeing beyond where we can see. Faith is seeing for the things that we cannot see in our lives. And I believe this morning God may speak to each one of you. That you know some of us are struggling in our faith. Some of us are trying to find a result for all the problems that we go through in our lives. But God is telling you, you need to have faith. You need to bring that faith to the surface so that the faith will start working. Faith is not just you know believing. I want you to follow with me carefully. Faith is not just believing. Faith is not faith. Faith is a belief that does not really rest on logical proof or material evidence. That's not faith. Can you read that again? Faith is a substance of things only hoped for, only hoped for the evidence of things which are not seen yet. Faith is not feeling that our prayer is answered. Faith is not that feeling. People seek to exercise faith depending upon what they can see, what they can feel, or what they can hear. But faith is beyond that. Amen? Are you following me? Faith is beyond that. Faith is beyond that. There is a faith called sense faith. Since faith is based upon physical evidences or upon emotions or upon various senses that we could feel, that is called sense faith. You know, all who take this road on the, uh, as a basis for faith will sooner be deceived. Can you listen to me? If you start applying your faith based on what you feel, what you sense, and what we hear, eventually it can easily take us to deception because we don't know we are following what? We are following what? Power. Faith should be based upon word of God. Can you, can you say that with me? Faith is based upon word of God. In respect to you of our sensual knowledge, or in respect to your feeling evidences, 
irrespective of what we see and what we don't see, faith always works based on the word of God. And how do we apply that faith? We know for sure. We hope for sure. We have not seen the evidences, but it is hope for. It is, it is, it is an evidences that we don't see it in our lives. How do we believe? Because word of God says so. I don't need to see it. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to feel it in my body. I believe. I have faith in God. You know, that is the faith. People are constantly looking for feelings to know whether their prayer is heard by God or not. And God is telling us, just don't go by your feelings. Just believe. Just believe. Because word of God says, if you ask, your father will hear. That is the word of God. And we don't need to have goosebumps for that. We don't need to feel warmth for that, for our prayer to be answered, for our prayer to be heard. Faith works beyond our, because it is supernatural. It is supernatural. If they happen to feel good sometime, you know, sometimes we feel that, you know, we are so happy because I feel the Lord has answered, heard my cry. It's not so. But if they, you know, sometimes we, the reverse can happen if we don't, get an answer from God in spite of feeling good about it sometimes we blame God and say that you know God is unfaithful to his word and you may even walk away from God faith is depending on God's word even though evidences are not seen in our lives in some of our lives we have been praying for certain things but we don't see the evidence of it we don't see the trace of it we don't see it's happening in our lives anymore but God is saying you need to have faith in God. You need to have mustard seed of faith. The mountain is still there. It's not moving. It's not moving. It's not moving. But when you have faith, it will start move. It will start moving. Hallelujah. Faith must be exercised. Bible says that faith without work is dead. So how do we put this faith in practice? How do we exercise this faith? These four men had faith in Jesus. When they saw the crowd, they did not stop. That's how faith works. They saw Jesus inside and they saw the crowd standing outside and they went further to exercise their faith. You know, today we may be having a mustard seed of faith, but this mustard seed of faith need to be watered daily, daily, so that we will see things happening in our lives. And how can we water the mustard seed of faith? By the word of God. Word of God is the water. By the word of God, the more we read the word, the more we meditate the word of God, you know, we see the faith coming alive in, alive in our lives and we see things happening in our lives. So how do we grow this faith? Bible says only way, only one way we can grow faith. Faith cannot grow by seeing miracles. It's temporary. Faith cannot really grow by you know, listening to testimonies. It is temporary. It gives a good excitement. You know, when you listen, when we see something happening, but that fades away. Faith cannot grow by those things. Faith cannot go grow by receiving blessings. Faith cannot even grow by praying and worshiping. Bible doesn't say that. There is only one way faith can grow. Amen? Faith can grow only by hearing the word of God. Faith can come alive only by hearing the word of god that day other day someone was telling me there is no sermon in heaven that's true i don't think anybody is preaching there in heaven it's only singing and worshiping all the time i agree but i said how do we get there how do we get there through the word of god we need to walk according to the word of god the word of god is essential 
to get there. But now when you get there, you need to sit in heaven. Otherwise, you know, you, you'll feel uncomfortable there. You need praise and worship. Amen. We need all this together going on in our lives. When Jesus was sitting and preaching inside the house, these four guys were preparing, you know, really, you know, what they were doing? They were punching a hole on the roof. Can you imagine that? They just climbed on the roof and they were punching the hole on the roof so that the bed can be dropped from there. And they made one last try. They made one last try there on the day. But I believe that was an interruption for Jesus. I want you to think in that way. It was an interruption for Jesus as he was ministering. Number two, it looks like an interruption, but it is a time for a miracle. Amen? It looks like an interruption, but it is a time for a miracle. There, were, there are you know, certain things that are happening that are interfering on our way in our lives. And they discourage us. They try to take us away from God. But God is telling us this morning, yes, it is true that there are interruptions on your way, but it is a time for a miracle. It is a time for, can I hear an amen? amen. Today, some of us are, you know, handling sickness in our body. It's an interruption. It is unwanted in our body. God did not create us for that. It is an, an interruption in our body. You know, some of us going through family troubles, but it was not the plan of God. It came just for some reason it came in our lives. Jesus was sitting there. People who were sitting there, they were thinking, what is going on? What is going on? You can imagine some people climbing on the roof and they were removing the roof and punching hole in the roof. That would have made a lot of screeching sound on the roof. And that would have made, you know, so much of you know, noise and rubbing noises in the roof. That was an interruption for Jesus as he was preaching to the crowd. I believe some of the debris that they were removing, it was just falling on the face of Jesus. So little debris were falling in front of him. Interruption. Interruption. People could have got distracted. Instead of everybody looking at Jesus, they were all looking where? Looking up. Nobody will look at Jesus now because some people are opening the, you know, making a hole in the roof. Who want that to happen? It was an interruption at that moment. I want you to imagine. No one knows what is going on. Everybody is looking at the face of the owner of the house. And they are just looking at Jesus. They are not sure what is happening. And they were not sure who is going to say anything at any moment. It was certainly an interruption. Interruptions are hard to handle. It really slows us down. It pulls us away from everything that we are planning to do. We expect things to go in a certain way, but it did not go in that way. It is an interruption. But God is saying this morning, those interruptions are a time for miracle. Can I hear an amen this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We may be thinking that my family was doing well. Why this interruption? My life was good. You're going good. My work was good. Everything was good. But then why this interruption in my life? And this morning, if you believe, if you have that faith, God is telling you that it is a time for miracle. And I believe it strongly because I know God. that's how God works. Amen? Amen. God is speaking to us this morning. I believe it may be a prophetic word this morning to your life. That you are going through certain interruptions in your life. 
And God is about to stop those things. And God is about to break open. And God is about to open doors for your life. And God is about to do some miracles in your life. I want you to think about the woman with the issue of blood. As she was coming through the crowd, it was an interruption. As she came all the way into the crowd, through the crowd, to touch the hem of the garment of Lord Jesus. Many would have got affected. Many would have got interrupted. Because nobody, she was untouchable. Nobody wanted to come near because it was horrible to even to come near. Nobody wanted to do anything with her. It was an interruption, but eventually there was a healing. There was a great miracle. Blind Bartimaeus at the sides of the roads of Jericho. He was yelling at the top of his voice, Son of David, have mercy on me. And even many got distracted, many got interrupted, but eventually there was a miracle. You know, this morning we are talking about something that happens every day in our lives. I want you to believe. What about Jonah? Jonah was an interruption on that day for the sailors, those who were sailing in the ship. People who were sailing from Joppa to Tarshish. You know, Jonah was an interruption on that day. But God eventually turned that interruption for the salvation of Nineveh. Amen. You know, I believe God is you know, at work in our lives. I strongly believe God is at work in our churches. God is in our, in, at work in our family and in our lives. God is about to turn situations all around and something good is going to happen. Number three. Deal with the spiritual first. Deal with the spiritual problem first. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, they had a tough time bringing this man into the presence of Jesus. And they brought him all the way thinking that he will get healed. But he was brought into the presence of the living God. When he came to the presence of the living God, Jesus did not heal him. But Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. Can you understand the way Jesus is working in that that moment, operating? He's trying to attack the spiritual problem first before even attacking the physical ones. Verse 9 says, Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. Verse 10, But that you may know that Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go into the house. You know, I believe healing took place the moment Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Are you with me? Healing took place the moment Jesus spoke. Your sins are forgiven. But the healing is not experienced by him until Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. Isn't it a revelation this morning? Hallelujah. You know, the moment Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven, healing just took place because healing cannot reside there. Jesus is dealing with that spiritual aspect first. The cause of the paralysis cause of the paralysis was an unforgiven sin in his life. You know, today sin is the cause or sin may be one of the causes that we still deal with the sickness in our lives. Now I wanted to go a little more into this this morning before we pray because it helps, it helps me. It helps all of us. There are underlying causes that are spiritual in nature you know, those spiritual causes are the reason for majority of the sicknesses that we handle today in our lives. What is God's will? 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. What does it say? 
Can you read that together? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What is the will of God? Being in health. Being found in health. That is the will of God. And what is the what devil does? John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So we see contrasting things here. God is saying that I have a desire in your life that you may do good. You may be in health. You may be in good health. But thief says, I have come to destroy you. I have come to kill you. No, it is not the plan of God that we must suffer. You know, millions and millions of people are dying prematurely. Before the day that God has appointed for them on the face of this earth, they die, you know, because the devil is influencing lives today. You know, it is so true. You know, we have all the medical fields and all the supports that we have. Thank God for that. But God is saying this morning to the church, sin is the underlying cause of many other sicknesses that we deal with. There are various sicknesses and diseases. Some of them are infectious in nature, as we know. Some of them are genetic disorders that we handle with. Listen to me carefully. Some of them are really toxic because toxins get into our life and we suffer through various sicknesses. And some of them are nutritional in, 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 in type of diseases. Some of the conditions are caused by injury. Some of them are autoimmune diseases. Some of them are traditional. You know, it comes from one generation to other generation. And this morning we are all dealing with those things in our lives. So what causes these sicknesses and diseases in our lives, these conditions? Conditions. There are a couple of things I just want to you know, bring, in, bring into light this morning. There are physical influences as well as spiritual influences to this. Physical influences, we know, we don't really care about our body. We all need to take care of ourselves. We all need to exercise. We all need to make sure what goes in. That's our responsibility. Amen? Can I hear an amen for that? Amen? Amen? Because it is a temple of God. I am responsible. But I fail many times as you do. We all fail. God wants us to take care of this temple of God. That God will not do. No. That part we need to do. We need to take care of our temple. Physical influences. Due to proper intake, improper intake of food. Lack of exercise. Certain toxins, you know, entering into our body through drugs and, you know, various other forms and the medications that we keep taking for a long time. Physical influences. There are spiritual influences, including sin, our heart condition. Can you say heart condition this morning? We are just going to talk about a little bit about it before we pray. Heart conditions, the curses, occultic practices and then involvement into those things. Some of the bloodline issues comes from one generation to the other generation. You know, uh, some of the diseases that we handle, some of the diseases that lingering for a long time, you know, they are generational in no nature. But we are not okay for that. You know, we know that it is a curse. It is a curse. It is a curse and God wants us to get rid of it. God wants us to come out of it. Some of the trauma that we go through, some of the rejections, the loneliness and depression, we all go through different you know, things in our lives. Some of us are really tormented by the spirit of loneliness. Yesterday night we were talking and we were rebuking those spirits in Jesus' name. Spirit of loneliness, spirit of depression. 
You know, the experts, they say that spirit of loneliness, someone who is feeling lonely all the time or depressed all the time, it is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes on a single day. It kills. It kills. The third aspect, why diseases, sicknesses come in our lives. Number three is not obeying the will of God. Sometimes God allows certain things in our lives because there is something that God expects in our lives and we are not willing to do that. We are not yielding ourselves to God in those areas God is calling us to do. In those areas God is asking us to obey. This morning I want you to think about it. If we are going through certain kind of sicknesses, it is worth taking time and sitting in the presence of God. God, do I miss anything in my life? Is there anything that you want me to do that is missing in my life? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Some of the heart conditions, just we wanted to just go through it quickly. Disobedience. Dishonoring our parents. Fear. Stress. Anxiety. Anger. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Jealousy. Contempt or disrespect for others. Pride. Criticism. And sexual immorality. You know, all these things are residing inside our heart. Amen? We all go through it. We all struggle through it. If not once, something else we fail. And this morning, God wants us to have a look at this list. Is there anything that I can do? On the day when Jesus, before he healed the man, the paralyzed man, he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, if God would have said that, he said that for a reason, I strongly believe. Sin is the cause of majority of the conditions that we have in our body. Verse 5, when Jesus saw how much faith they had, he said to the crippled man, my friend, our son, your sins are forgiven. God wants us to, God wants to fix those spiritual aspects first before he delivers us. God wants us to make one last try. God wants us to make one last try this morning to be released from the physical conditions that we are going through in our lives. For the trouble that we are going through in our family, God wants us to make one last try before we pray and close. Shall we all stand for a moment this morning?